Hey, everybody. This is Manny Faces, producer, audio editor, and host of the award-winning Newsbeat podcast. In August 2017, shortly after this podcast's launch, hundreds of far-right extremists, including white supremacists, neo-Nazis, neo-fascists, neo-Confederates, Klansmen, and more, converged on Charlottesville, Virginia, for the hate-fueled and deadly Unite the Right rally. 32-year-old counter-protester Heather Heyer lost her life when one of those participants struck her and several dozen others with a car. We released an episode afterward titled Misunderstanding Terrorism, Exposing Radical Caucasian Extremism, calling out what the vast majority of mainstream news outlets and then-President Trump wouldn't, what study after study had been warning about for quite some time. It wasn't foreign Muslims posing the biggest threat to America's safety, but white, far-right extremists. Tragically, this ideology's death toll continues to climb. We re-released this episode in the wake of the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol to shine extra light on this brutal trend. And we're sadly doing so again now, following the racially motivated mass murders of 10 people at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, by a white supremacist. It features insights from Charles Kurzman, author, professor of sociology at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and co-director of the Carolina Center for the Study of the Middle East and Muslim Civilizations, Mehdi Hassan, award-winning journalist, political commentator, author, and host of The Mehdi Hassan Show on MSNBC and NBC's Peacock, and former white supremacists Sammy Rangel and Tony McAleer, since co-founders of the anti-hate nonprofit Life After Hate. Translating the sheer brutality, torture, and fury of all of this into incendiary lyrics is our co-artist-in-residence, hip-hop fusion artist, DJ, songwriter, educator, and guest of our latest Newsbeat cipher, Liquid. Now, as a quick reminder, please feel free to rate us and review us on your favorite pod apps and subscribe to our free Substack newsletter at newsbeat.substack.com for new episodes, updates, bonus content, and so much more. All right, folks, here it is. Unfortunately, again, misunderstanding terrorism, exposing radical Caucasian extremism. I am Brother Cornell West. This is Chris Hedges. I'm Rosa Clemente. Hey, what's up? This is Chuck D, Public Enemy Prophets of Rage. And this is Newsbeat. I don't think I don't think many Americans, Americans understand, understand the level of threat, level of threat that we have in this country. We have in this country from white supremacists, from white supremacists, anti-government, anti-government, and other and other violent extremists. And other violent ex- extremists. What police suspect may be a possible hate crime. Tonight there is breaking news from Kansas. And good morning, America. You are looking at the scene of that deadly massacre. Police say this man verbally attacked a Muslim woman on a train. Federal officials say they've broken up a right-wing militia plot. Mother Emanuel AMA Church, Charleston, South Carolina. It looks peaceful now. And that when Good Samaritans came forward to help, he stabbed them to death. To blow up a mosque and a Muslim apartment complex. But between 8 and 9 last night, a gunman walked in during Bible study, joined the group and then suddenly opened fire. Free speech or die, Portland. You've got no safe place. This is America. Get out if you don't like free speech. Death to the enemies of America. Leave this country if you hate our freedom. Death to Antifa. You call it terrorism, I call it patriotism. You hear me? Die. No longer hides behind hoods. Oh, no, 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 no
was the scene in the liberal college town of Charlottesville, Virginia on Friday, reminiscent of images from a dark American past. When I was in prison for a number of years, the, the number one write-up, the number one charge I was always being accused of was inciting a riot. So there's that word inciting, right? And I think that we have a national narrative that is inciting and emboldening um, the types of activities that people are becoming, the wake-up call, right? And so there are people who, I think because of how neatly packaged some of this narrative has been, has become palatable for people who might otherwise cringe and say, well, I'm not willing to go that far, but I'll go this far. Um, but him crossing that line and, and kind of stepping all over political correctness. You look at, you look at both sides. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. Stepping all over uh, civil rights, you know, advances at this point, I think is kind of speaking and giving a voice to people who have since felt um, that their voices aren't as powerful as they used to be and, and aren't quite sure how to share. And so their grievances need to be heard through dialogue. Our grievances need to be heard through dialogue. But I don't think we have an, a national voice that is encouraging dialogue. I think it's encouraging sides. I don't think Charlottesville was a flashpoint. It was a wake-up call. And I think it, it's what has always been there became very visible. I think there's, there's many factors to that, but I think one, something that we heard during the election was, he says what I think, but I'm too afraid to say. We have to have dialogue. And I don't think a huge portion of the population should feel that they're too afraid to say what they're thinking, right? And I think when there is no dialogue, then that, that stuff it gets um, withheld, it's, it's sort of suppressed, and when it gets a chance to release itself, um, it pukes itself out. It doesn't come out nicely, right? Tonight, the FBI looking into whether hate crime charges will be filed against an alleged white supremacist accused of stabbing two good Samaritans to death on a commuter train in Portland. Witnesses say it started when two young women, one of them wearing a hijab, boarded the train. And Jeremy Christian immediately went on a hate-filled tirade. The surveillance photos of Dylan Stormruff are unremarkable, but they were crucial in his arrest for one of the worst mass killings in South Carolina history. I spoke with one of the survivors and she said that he had loaded, reloaded five different times. Five different times. He just said, I have to do it. That I have to do it. He said, um, you rape our, rape our women, women and you're taking over, taking over our country. Right-wing uh, extremism uh, takes many forms. Uh, in the United States, there are neo-Nazi groups who hate Jews and minorities and Catholics and others. Uh, there are sovereign citizen groups who don't recognize the authority of the United States government. There are a variety of, of different uh, organizations that have particular agendas against particular minority groups or against liberals. A sprawling uh, and, and uncoordinated set of fringe organizations uh, many of them exist only online. Uh, some of them get together in person. It is uh, fortunate that they have not been able to coordinate their activities, in part because some of them hate each other as much as they hate their other enemies. 
Muslim extremists certainly get more attention than non-Muslim extremists in the United States. Let me give you an example of one of the most frightening extremists you've probably never heard of. If you look him up, Eric Charles Smith, a white supremacist in Pittsburgh who had built 20 improvised explosive devices, pipe bombs, and had them uh, in his home. Authorities only found out about it because he was abusive towards his uh, girlfriend. Uh, she called the police to get a restraining order. They came in and found all of these bombs lying around. And also uh, white supremacist literature suggesting, and a podium suggesting that this apartment uh, was the meeting place for a white supremacist organization. That's frightening. It was only local news in, in, in the Pittsburgh area and has since dropped out of sight. I suspect that 20 pipe bombs locked and loaded uh, would be much greater news if he had been Muslim. The hands of time couldn't untie these thoughts to intertwine in my mind as we rise, watching the tides collide. Affirmative action and class action suits will suit you fine. Instead of working on your own, getting a job like mine. Got the left-wing commies conversing on their purposes. Women, Jews, gays, hijab wearers in their turbans. It's everybody you see, every category. America is inclusive to everybody but me. But what about me? I worked three jobs to get through college. Wasn't less fortunate, so couldn't get a scholarship. For straight white middle class, the world has a cool. Can't even smack a piece of ass without hearing me too Can a taxpaying man have a beer and watch the Patriots Without somebody kneeling to my flag degrading it I've been stopped by the cops, but all lives matter I'm alive cause I respect the law and treat them with manners You should learn it, you deserve it, you're so worthless, so it's hurting Won't be treated second class to a first-rate servant When election day comes, I'm voting for Trump I'll push you back in your place before you replace us our counterterrorism efforts in the post-9-11 era began with the concept of fighting a foreign threat. So we have this idea that uh, this is part of national security and this is part of our defense against outsiders who wish to do us harm. That model has maintained itself. That model continues to this day. And the threats from domestic terrorists, from non-Muslim violent extremists in the United States, just hasn't gotten that degree of attention. Uh, for example, within the FBI, there's approximately 7,000 agents assigned to counterterrorism duties. Of those, according to an audit from almost 10 years ago now, 335 were assigned to domestic terrorism. That's about 5% of the counterterrorism effort in the FBI being devoted to domestic terrorism. Yet the numbers suggest that those 5% are making far more arrests per agent than the 95% who are devoted to foreign international terrorism, the bulk of which is directed at Muslim extremists. The FBI does not report on a regular basis how many agents they have within each division within the counterterrorism effort. I'd like to see uh, them be more forthcoming. I'd like to see more data on that. Uh, I was heartened by a question that Senator Claire McCaskill asked of the director of the FBI several weeks ago at a congressional hearing. She asked, how many agents do we have working on domestic terrorism? And uh, the director of the FBI said, I'll have to get back to you with the exact number. Let me say first, I agree with you that the domestic terrorism threat is a very, very serious one indeed, and something that we spend a lot of our time focused on. 
I don't have sitting here right now the allocation of agents, not that, that, that number. What I can tell you on this particular subject is that we have about a thousand, about a thousand open domestic terrorism investigations as we speak, and that over the past 11 to 12 months, I think we've had 176 uh, arrests of domestic terrorism. Uh, subjects during that period of time. Uh, so, and I've now been starting just in my first few weeks in the job, getting out to some of the field offices, and there are, you know, significant, significant numbers of agents who are working very, very hard, very, very hard on that subject. So I can assure you that it's a, a, a top, top priority, top priority for us. I can't wait to hear what that number is, and I hope that that number reflects the actual rate of domestic terrorism in this country. Terrorism is multinational, multi-religious, multicultural. Anyone who thinks that terrorism is just about Muslims because of what's happened in the last few years is being ahistorical and ignorant. You know, terrorism has been around for two centuries, three centuries. It didn't start in the Muslim world. Clearly, it's a problem now, and no one's denying there are some pretty vicious, violent groups out there. Um, you know, from Syria to Pakistan to Indonesia, Muslim-majority countries are grappling with really big problems. But to reduce terrorism just to a Muslim phenomenon is not just a historical but actually offensive because what you're doing is you're demonizing one particular community saying this is a problem of yours rather than recognizing it's a global problem so when you're turning a blind eye to threats from those who are not muslims you're actually endangering everyone when you look at the numbers in the U.S., globally I accept the vast majority of terrorist attacks occur in basically in four Muslim majority countries in Syria and Nigeria and Iraq but when you look at the United States you're actually more likely to be killed by a domestic far-right terrorist there have actually been more fatal attacks carried out by domestic far-right terrorists than by Muslim extremists, according to the government's own data. People said, you're just a Muslim apologist, you're trying to play this down, you don't want to accept the problem. Then you have Charlottesville, you have Charlottesville. Groups including the Ku Klux Klan and neo-Nazis came from across the country to rally against plans to remove a Confederate statue from a park. The violence included an apparent attack with a car on a crowd of peaceful protesters. At least one person was killed. This all took place a short distance from the University of Virginia, which was founded by Thomas Jefferson. You see uh, what's going on across the board. And now people are saying, OK, well, maybe there is a problem. Maybe there is a problem other than Muslims, but it still hasn't really permeated. And in fact, there was a congressman who was interviewed on CNN, a Republican congressman, and he said, well, when he was asked about far-right terrorism, he said, well, that's different. He said, that's different. And that's the problem. Unless you're willing to have a single standard rather than a double standard, you're not going to be able to beat terrorism. You're not going to inspire people to get together. You're not going to be seen as credible or equitable. And that's a problem for anyone who wants to safeguard our society. Where's my wall, bro? What's the call, yo? Why my cab driver's name's still Jamal, yo? Send them home, bro. They gotta go, yo. Get her done, dag nab it for my kinfolk. He's such a liar. Politicians always have another mission. We see eye to eye, they get elected, lose their vision. Hindsight is 2020. I'll die for liberty. Sig hairs to the soldiers if you riding with me. I'm not saying I'm a Nazi, more of a nipster, not Enoch or Spitzer. Just want to deliver. Surrender won't render. Get that bass out of your voice about my second amendment and check your dinner. You don't want to kneel to my ghost gun. I son the option of using toxins. I'm plotting. The lone wolf is wide awake while you count sheep. Before we die from white genocide, you'll rest in peace. That's normies, they're homies. Feminazis and cronies. Holy for holies. Hold a show pony or get comey. So stay in your place. We above you lower, get out the way or get run over. If we look at the numbers of incidents of violent extremism around the United States, the numbers of individuals involved from the right wing and from Islamic extremism 
are roughly similar. If you look at the comparison, this is from the government auditor. We've had 62 incidents since 9-11 and 106 fatalities by the white supremacist, anti-government, and other violent extremists. Compare that to 23 acts of violence by Islamic violent extremists. It's become a joke in the Muslim community. It's become a meme online. When 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 a white far right terrorist happens, we all joke. Oh, when's he going to be humanized? When's he's going to be given a mentally ill excuse? But if you believe the media, we should be so grateful that we're Muslims because apparently we're immune to mental illness. It's actually kind of cool. Apparently, Muslims don't get mentally ill. That's something to be happy about. Someone should do a medical study of us. What makes us immune? Look, clearly that is what you might call white privilege. The idea that if a white person carries out an act of mass terror, it must immediately be excused, indulged, explained. He must be humanized there must be a mental illness problem and therefore terrorism becomes a redundant word terrorism becomes not an act of violence committed for political purposes against civilians which is one definition of terrorism it becomes really an act of violence carried out by a brown muslim dude it's racialized it's made religious and again it makes the whole definition pointless because if that's your definition then what are you really working with how consistent can you be again if you this is not just about oh please be fair to the muslims oh give us special favors oh stop being mean to us this is about a hard-headed view of national security security and safety. Just about 18 hours after a terrorist attack here in New York City, in which an Uzbek national in a pickup truck mowed down cyclists and pedestrians on a bike path, leaving eight dead, the president was blaming the U.S. senator from New York. He also tweeted about ISIS and his so-called extreme vetting program. He blamed the attack on the American immigration system. And then the entire justice system of the United States of America. What we're doing is every time we're attacked from this point forward, and it took place yesterday, we are hitting them 10 times harder. Now compare those responses to the way the president handled an outbreak of white supremacist violence in Charlottesville when he waited hours before delivering a tepid condemnation of, quote, all sides. There was a major reshaping of American uh, law enforcement approaches to violent extremism after Oklahoma City. A massive car bomb exploded outside of a large federal building in downtown Oklahoma City shattering that building, killing children, killing federal employees, military men, and civilians. We saw new laws passed adding domestic terrorism to previous laws on international terrorism. We saw major initiatives in the FBI raising terrorism's profile in their list of priorities. So yeah, there was significant attention. I think in more recent years, though, Islamic extremism has crowded out the priorities of a variety of other forms of extremism and of other threats to public safety in a way that's not kept pace with the, uh, the changing landscape and the, the track record we've now experienced as years have gone by since 9-11, and no similar plots on that magnitude uh, with that sophistication have emerged as though we are still in some ways stuck in this post 9-11 crouch, as though we're anticipating uh, waves of 9-11 when fortunately it does not appear that those are going to be forthcoming. And at the same time, we have irresponsible political figures who uh, are trying to claim that these uh, illusory fears are real. They're trying to make people feel more afraid and I think that is uh, irresponsible. And instead, we should base our policies and base our public discussion on the actual levels of violent extremism that we've experienced uh, in recent years. Not on our worst nightmares, which unfortunately we are all too proficient at envisioning. Tick, tick, tick.
Reporting live to your city, every parish, every farm, from your white picket fence to your green backyard. We're in a state of emergency, but there was no alarm, another blast, another bomb, but he meant no harm. See, Hauser was a train wreck, Roof had no attic, Christian, not the religion, was a little off balance. McVeigh, Rudolph Smith, Bigsby from Abbeville, Wade, Michael Page, and Phil from Charlottesville. Since 9-11, Americans been up in arms. The fact shows that white males actually do the most harm, not Islam or Jihad on American lawns. Actually, Bob is more likely to drop that bomb. 85 assaults in 15 years uh-huh. Every other month another family in tears America's vice is a little bigger than ISIS Guys, it's midlife crisis of white devices He looks like you, could be a Jim or a John Was likely bullied in school, a rough time on the job See, we all been there, that's why we all don't care We'd rather feed scare tactics than expose real fear Are we clear? This is a Many Faces Media production. Many Faces, you sick for this one. Sick for this one.